Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directories of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, Adjusters, and Expert Service Providers. We're pleased to have with us today Dan Finn, a certified structured settlement consultant from Finn Financial Group in Newport Beach, California. Dan's company provides structured settlement products and services to a wide range of clients throughout the United States. In addition to creating quote illustrations and performing present value analysis for claimants, attorneys, and claims professionals, he assists claims management by helping them implement effective structured settlement programs. Dan himself is the past president of the National Structured Settlements Trade Association and carries the CPCU designation. Dan, we're very pleased to have you with us today. Thanks, John. Pleasure to be here. Today's topic is on recent tax law changes in California and its impact on claimants, attorneys, and the insurance industry. And Dan, can you briefly introduce this new law and address how this will impact cases in California? Yes, be happy to. Proposition 30 was passed by California voters in November 2012. And what Proposition 30 was was a temporary tax that's in effect for the next few years designed to address the state's budget deficits. And it primarily is an income tax increase. It was especially hard on the higher wage earners in the state. If you look at the pre- and post-Prop 30 tax brackets, you see that the top marginal tax bracket increased from 10.3% to 13.3%. That translates into a 29.1% tax increase for the very high wage earners in the state. Simultaneously, what occurred at the federal level was the American Taxpayer Relief Act of 2012. What that did, did a similar thing at the federal level, increasing the top marginal tax bracket there from 35% to 39.6%. So that translates into a 13.1% tax increase. So put them all together, California and the federal tax changes, Proposition 30 and ATRA, combine to create a top marginal tax bracket in California, income tax bracket of 52.9%. That is a 42% tax increase for everybody in California, earning California the dubious distinction of now having the highest marginal tax bracket in the United States. Now, Dan, are other states watching these developments in California, and can this law ultimately have some national implications as well? Possibly. It's probably too soon to tell. I think California is often considered a bellwether state for many things. Uh, A lot of people in the rest of the country kind of watch what's going on here and decide to either implement it or, or not based on the outcome. I think if you see the state's budget increase, the state's budget right itself a little bit and the economy improving, very possibly we could see this kind of thing. Now, what are the advantages overall of negotiating structured settlements? Well, the advantages of negotiating with a structured settlement are very well established, of course. It's primarily what this allows us to do. The the parties that are negotiating a settlement allows them to match the future needs with future dollars. And those who have suffered an injury as a result of an accident, who've had an ability to work compromised, they are far, far better served by putting dollars in their hands at the time that they're going to need the dollars versus a cash settlement which can easily be dissipated or can find a way to just 
be used for other purposes. I think that if you look at the advantages of structures over other types of options available to a person settling a claim, they're very, very safe, highly secure. They add certainty to a situation that is far from certain. All the companies that we deal with that offer structured settlements are highly rated by all the rating agencies, including AM Best, of course. And the tax advantages that come with structured settlements are significant because of these new tax laws, especially. On the personal physical injury claims, anybody who receives a structured settlement payment over time is going to receive the payments, principal and interest, 100% income tax-free. On a personal non-physical injury claim, they can still receive an advantage, a benefit from structuring by having the payments made out over a period of time on a tax-deferred basis. So I think overall, in the litigation negotiation arena, they're just an excellent way to fairly evaluate a claim. Uh, It helps to establish proper reserves. And I just think generally provides a very positive framework for sensible settlement strategies offering options that can facilitate negotiations in a world that doesn't usually offer you too many options. Now, based on this new law, would there be any valid reasons for an attorney to pass up a structured settlement opportunity? There's always going to be certain reasons, certain cases that don't apply. You may have uh, a plaintiff with immediate need for cash. You might have a situation where the available limits on a claim are not sufficient to properly address the situation. So, yeah, there will always be times when a structured settlement is not appropriate. But generally, I think uh, people make the mistake of thinking that a structured settlement won't work when it can. I would just encourage people to not assume that it won't work. I prefer to say, given the opportunity to say no. One of the worst excuses that we usually hear when we're dealing with structured settlements is sometimes an individual, an unrepresented plaintiff or a plaintiff attorney might say, oh, I or my client is sophisticated enough and can do better on their own. Well, that's often not the case, especially when you take the time to sit down and look at the analysis and the risk-reward and the return value of a structured settlement usually typically far outweighs the value of what you can do with your cash otherwise. Is there any other things that an attorney needs to be specifically aware of? They need to plan ahead. They need to have early involvement of their expert to do the proper needs analysis. And it's also important to note that you can't do this in a vacuum. All the parties to the transaction need to be involved and cooperate sufficiently to comply with all the relevant tax laws. And how do you see this impacting litigation in the insurance industry? I think a couple of ways. I I think that the tried-and-true injury claims, especially on the higher-end, higher-dollar settlements, you're going to see the conversation get a whole lot more meaningful because of these new taxes. But probably the greatest potential for impacting litigation is on the taxable damage cases. And surprisingly, very few people are aware of the value of a taxable damage structured settlement. It doesn't make sense for an individual that's settling a large claim to be taxed at 53% 
when instead you can pay the damages out over a number of years so that their present and future tax brackets are going to be, let's say, 30%, and it can potentially net the plaintiff more for the same amount of money. So you can have more meaningful dialogue about the value of paying these damages over time using a structured settlement. This works on punitive damages, bad faith, employment disputes, discrimination, a whole host of different types of cases like this. And and also, I might add that a lot of plaintiff attorneys have recognized the value of structuring, and many of them structure their fees for this very reason. So I think that there's a number of ways. There's a lot of other options, but those are probably the highlights. Okay, Dan, thanks very much for joining us today. Okay. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. That was Dan Finn from Finn Financial Group in Newport Beach, California. And special thanks to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba. Thanks for joining us today. And now this message. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 